Okay, motherfucker! What are you looking at, sir? I'm looking at you, miss. not the Zodiac. And if I was, I certainly wouldn't tell you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another Imprint Companion. I am one half of your disc spinning and cinematic appreciation team on this podcast, Blake Howard. Joining me as always is my wonderful and talented and insightful friend, Alexi Toliopoulos. Hello, listeners, and hello, viewers. It is a pleasure to be talking about Imprint Films, big box sets. Holy shamoly. Directed by Sydney J. Fury. Woo. It is a big box set from a journeyman filmmaker, which is something that I think needs to be celebrated more in film discourse, the value of our great journeyman. And is there like a more journeyman worthy of celebration than Sidney J. Fury? There probably are a few, but he's <laughs> someone that should be celebrated more. And this was a box set of mainly films that I had not seen before. The films of Sidney J. Fury that are probably best known are The Entity, a great 70s horror film. Right. He directed a Superman film, Superman 4, Quest for Peace, The Ipcress File, which is an imprint film's release as well. A wonderful Harry Palmer film starring Michael Caine. He also did an iconic, I guess, iconically stinker, um, Ladybugs. Uh, starring the wonderful Rodney Dangerfield, like an, <laughs> a well-known stinker. But then also, and, interesting and movies also, like The Lady Sings the Blues. And, and, and Lady Sings the Blues. You must say, though, four stinkers. I think I've seen Superman Quest for Peace as a kid. Like, an unhealthy mm, amount. Yeah. It led to a lot of unhealth in your life. <laughs> that's the thing we get with these, these journeyman filmmakers. And of the films in... I haven't even mentioned any of the films in this box we set. We have not even touched on them yet. I was only familiar with one film in this box set, The Boys Those in Company, Company C. C. Same. And that was a film that my uncle, who was a massive cinephile, he would always tell me, you've got to see The Boys in Company C. You've got to see The Boys in Company C. So I had seen it before. I believe I would have seen it as a teenager. I, 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 like, I was going to say... The when, atmosphere for me. When I was going through a big Vietnam War mm -hmm. film and then war film phase, I saw The Boys in Company C about a million years ago. This is the first time that I'd reconciled that those things had come out of two people. Yeah. What's wonderful about Imprint, though, just speaking of Journeyman, very recently incredible Walter Hill box set mm, finally came out. I love Walter Hill. He's amazing. Spoke to the great Walter Chore about it. He's Jim written Sh a wonderful book about Walter oh, Hill. Amazing book. Yeah. Um, Jim Sheridan, another mm -hmm. guy who's been profiled here. I mean, obviously, oh, yeah. Zang, I mean, Zang Yi Mao. Yeah, Zhang Yi Mao. That's, I mean, I would say Jim Sheridan and Zhang Yi Mao are probably closer to auteurs, but then also Jim Sheridan made um, the 50 Cent movie Get Rich or Die Trying, so <laughs> it's hard to classify him, but... I would say Walter Hill, Sid Fury. Sid Fury, they're great journeyman filmmakers. Yeah. And this is a wonderful box set to be introduced to a journeyman because the films kind of hit all over the place. Uh, I've not watched every single film in there. Nor I did I. a kind of a rewatch of The Boys of Company C. I'm pretty sure I'd seen it before, which is like a very good Vietnam War film. Very and good. if that is the genre that you like, if you like those kind of films, it is like a, I would say like a mildly iconic film. Like it's pretty well known. I mean, the, the, the firstly, it is in 
the family of films that the tagline is to keep their sanity in an insane war they had to be crazy like mm. it's like it's totally and firmly in that um there is a terrific um uh, a terrific audio documentary series that's recently gone up on the ringer from brian raftery mm. called um can we win this time um i think is the title of it um he, he references a whole bunch of the vietnam war films at the time and the boys and company c does get a mention at some point but it is you know uh, like it's in that oeuvre. So yeah, it's definitely mildly iconic, I would say. And it's interesting because it's kind of, it almost feels uh, a bit more in line with World War II films. Yeah. I would say time. compared to, you know, it's not Platoon. It's not The Deer Hunter. Um, it's not Apocalypse Now, obviously. No movies are Apocalypse Now, except for Ad Astra. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of like, it is it, it is more and about the... Kong Skull Island. Which yeah, that's it. About. Those are three movies. <laughs> but I would say it's kind of a little bit more in that World War II feeling of like the building of camaraderie between a group of men in a platoon of some kind. Um, it's good. Like, it's a good movie. Sidney Joe Fury is a great director. And I can say that now that I've been getting through this set... The film that I love the most in this set, ah, oh gosh, it actually is a tie between two films. Oh, it is a but tie. But let's talk about Hit, because when I watched Hit, within probably 30 minutes, there's a few times where you watch a movie, <laughs> and when you're like just barely getting into it, you're texting your boys, who are like, you guys got to see this movie. It happened to me when I watched um, Breaking News, where I texted you, I texted Mitchell, I texted Cameron James, my boys. <laughs> I did the same thing when I watched Hit. Text you, text Mitchell, text Cameron James. And Hit, my God, where to begin? I might just read you what I wrote down, my I th thoughts. I, because... think, I think you need to. I'm going to read you the back of the box mm -hmm. while Lexi grabs his review. The deadliest mission. Hit, US agent Nick Allen has his own idea about how to fight a war on drugs. Go to the source and cut the big time traffickers down. Embittered over a drug-related death of his teenage daughter, Nick sets out to do just that. I This movie is... There's something quite special about special. it. Special. And I don't know if people could have even been able to see it back then. It feels like a real discovery. Um, like, although this film meanders a little bit, like for a great deal of its rather healthy runtime, um, <laughs> there's power here. And it's a premise that has like a nice emotional touch to it it's a heist movie uh or a caper movie but its core is grounded in like emotion like the emo like that i think is quite successful it it like it takes heist movies and it touches on sort of black exploitation mm -hmm. and then it weaves it into the what becomes like a booming at the time of this film because this film came out in 73 so early 70s absolutely booming revenge film genre yes. and it takes them all but it 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 has like a bit of like a high art good budget mm. like accomplished sort of very nice aesthetic uh, nice aesthetic you know maybe that's just all movies in the 70s compared yeah, to what watching Sean film like <laughs> my god Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 is a gorgeous masterpiece <laughs> but you're like this movie is really pretty it's really, really nice it's got a it's set in France and it also has touches of a French aesthetic and speaking of French I think it is it's almost like let's have fun with the French connection yes and I think that's quite a worthy premise because it starts in the same place but it makes it a personal edge to it like the the stakes to this movie 
are quite personal. Um, and that's what you need with a revenge movie. 100%. And it works so well. And what I really loved about this movie, one of the great things about a heist movie, or, you know, this is like in the ballpark. It's not actually a heist movie. Yeah. But it takes a lot of the generic elements of a heist movie, which is a, a core team coming together that are going to like execute this thing. And each one of them has a certain set of skills, if you will. Um, and this is one of the most eclectic group of misfits that could ever be teamed up. And I think that is a true strength to this film. And like so much so that I was like, I, I was racking my brain trying to think of like, is there another film of this type that um, I love how odd each of the team members are yeah like it's led by billy d williams who it looks he's so beautiful and striking and such a powerful leading man that you're just like why couldn't there have been 25 more billy d williams as leading man movies? <sighs> or like i think he's such a fine actor but this is maybe for me maybe it's up there with his best work yeah excellent. i really loved him in this film very suave and he's got a lot of panache he does it in all of his movies but here he's got a tough edge which i like and then richard Pryor as a retired navy seal with the exact sense of humor of richard Pryor, <laughs> but delivered in a way of like this is how a guy who's a regular everyday guy who is funny is in a movie it's a really tough challenge he's fantastic in this movie it's kind of inspired. Like, I think it's so inspired to go, like, because we're getting the funniest guy take, in the world to take play the edge off. serious. Take, yeah, take the edge oh. off. Yeah. He, he, you nailed it is because, like, there's funny things, like, you know, as, like, a comedian, too, is sometimes, like, the funniest people you meet are just, like, like random mm -hmm. mate in a pub who just has you howling, but they're not, yeah. like, a stand-up. My funniest friend is David Alap. <laughs> He's not a comedian. <laughs> no, he's not. He's a, he, he works fucking, in an office. And he's fucking, the funniest guy I've ever met in my life. He's so funny. He is really funny. Yeah. But it's like... But that's what I mean. It's like... you, But you get a comedian to go like, I want you to be the funniest guy we've ever met. Mm -hmm. But you're just a guy at the pub. You were a and guy you're never... serious. You're a killer. Yeah. You, you are a straight up killer. And, that, and it comes that kind of like cold like hard gallows humor and he just nails it he fucking knocks it out of the park and the main premise of this movie is billy d williams is collecting a core of people who are going to take down a drug kingpin in europe whose drugs were responsible for the death of billy d williams's daughter but each member of the team that he's assembling also has a personal connection to the world of drugs taking something from their life. Yes. Um, whether it be a direct connection to the person Billy Dee's after or thereabouts. Yeah. And the two members of the crew that I thought there's nothing like this in a movie <laughs> yeah. of this type. Uh, it's an elderly married couple played by Sid Melton and Janet Brand, who are two actors I would admit I'm not familiar with not except familiar for this movie. Them. But they were kind of involved in like clandestine operations back in their day. So my guess is like probably um, early Cold War, World War Two, um, Korean War, something like that. And I, they, you don't really dig into it. No, you kind of just know them it's as enough. grandparents. And it, I was so moved by their performances and their characterization, and. Especially when it builds up to these moments, like, oh my god, these guys are the real deal. Like these are, these old married couple are effective 
assassins kind of blew me away. There's a real pain and beauty in what they bring to the table that really grounds their skills, that removes any surprise or doubt when we get to that point. Uh, marvelous. That's all I can say about those two performances and that pairing together. Marvelous. And, oh, man. The Carl Reiner in Ocean's Eleven is reaching for god but no one can catch it they can't touch it i i really really love this movie and um when i really zoned into this film it's like it all like leads up to like this day in marseille i would even compare it to i mean literally there's a scene in this movie where someone is watching the godfather and um it does feel like it it's like ben affleck in the town when heat's playing and you're like "Mm." exactly (laughs) It is like that because the the climax of this film is basically, I don't know, like a 45 minute rendition of the uh, massacre montage in The Godfather Mm -hmm. or the montage where basically Michael's called in all the hits on the leaders of the five families, all the people that has betrayed him and his family. It builds up to that basically for a long time. And there are these quiet somber moments in Marseille where it's like the day before the plan has to come into action and there's just like some great quiet scenes you see this old married couple in bed with each other for one last time or what could be one last time and that's a beautiful moment one of the other members of a team is just like at a diner by himself having this sandwich i was like i love that scene i love the <laughs> scenes where people are getting food made for them and it was a really just like lovely moment and that was you know it was like a 40 second scene I'm like this is a great movie i i i absolutely love this movie talking about it now i'm like god this might be one of my favorite movies <laughs> I, I at the time i didn't think it was gonna be one of my favorite movies thinking about it again now far out i love this film so good uh this and, is and, and wait this is one two three four mm-hmm. five this is one of five movies that's in this box set mm-hmm. one of five movies there another film i haven't watched yet but the lawyer it was the basis for like a rather long-running uh courtroom tv show um, Little Faust and Big Halsey is a Robert Redford mm-hmm. biker flick, which I haven't seen yet. I, there's so much more for us to cover in here. Um, we briefly touched on the Boys and Company C, but you've watched one other film in here, which you, which I is, loved it, which I is loved a high, it. which is high praise because you're like after the effusive gush of hit. Sheila Levine is Dead and Living in New York is the other film that... Brother, you... I love this movie so much I almost bought the book it's based on because apparently, like, there the, it is. the adaptation of this is... It is not quite... It's like a hit book of this era, of the it's 1970s. It's got a guy in it, Roy Scheider, who is never aye, not aye, amazing. Aye. Let me tell you, the way that he pops up in this movie is one of the most wicked movie star entrances ever in a <laughs> film. I won't say too much about it, but it's basically a film uh, where Jeannie Berlin... One of the greats, uh, the Heartbreak Kid. Yeah. She's a star of the Heartbreak Kid. I think that she, watching this movie, I'm like, I just adore this actor. She's so funny, so charming. One of the great leads of kind of like odd rom-coms, New York Jewish sensibility. Uh, she's the daughter of Elaine May. Um, and she is just like fantastic and so funny and sweet and captures that New York picture where she's moving out of her home to a crap hovel of a house uh, apartment in new york city um and 
like literally every review that I read of this era, they're all talking about how great the book was and the film doesn't live up to it. I love this movie. <laughs> I have been trying to find a good copy of the book for not too expensive because it's not in print anymore. Um, but it's just like, uh, it's kind of forbear to stuff like girls, I would say. Yeah. Not quite so much so as far as like the female perspective being captured as a contemporary of this film like Girlfriends is. Yeah. Um, but I think that this film is worthy of being rediscovered and re and seen again because Jeannie Boleyn is so freaking good in it. I would even kind of go, and if you love Muriel's Wedding, this is a movie to track wow. down. Yeah, I and, think it's a great movie. And I was just going to say, I, I this is one I didn't catch up with, but very recently I watched Clute again. Love Clute. Fantastic film. And the one thing I thought about Alan J. Pickle, uh, Pickle's terrific movie is... Roy Scheider, there's a moment in that movie where he's sitting down on a couch and Jane Fonda goes to him and he's sitting in a white suit mm. and Donald Sutherland is looking at her as the prostitute going back to her pimp. Um, it's like it's it's like a scene out of Iceberg Slim's book, <laughs> Pimp. Yeah. Um, and I looked at him and I thought, if De Palma and Al Pacino weren't taking fucking notes on how to do Tony Montana from mm. this scene, I don't know what they were doing. Yeah. And so to any more, and recently having, you know, the dearly departed with Billy Friedkin mm. and I recently watched Sorcerer again. And I'm like, I, I need more Roy Scheider in my life. So I, I feel like if you're, if you're saying he does one of the greatest movie star entrances, this is a look at you. <laughs> There you go. The Friedkin. The Friedkin Connection book is here. Um, but yeah, so very, 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 very excited mm. um, to catch this. Yeah, I love this set. I didn't really know anything about Sidney J. Fury. I wouldn't even know his name until this set came out. Um, loved it. Sheila Levine is dead and living in New York. And Hit. Hit. Ah, they're so good, man. Huge. And what I would say to you is there is nothing more that I love. There's a few box sets that it's recently happened with for me. There's nothing more that I love than being able to like put on five films mm -hmm. from a filmmaker that I don't know and the very geeky cinephile thing of going to Letterboxd and logging five films yeah. from the same filmmaker, you're just like on a tear yeah. or five or six films from the same actor as we've done with film focus box sets. I freaking love this and I love that Imprint committed to it and it's just the coolest shit of all time. So definitely one to get i mean we've talked about walter kill box set absolute must own sydney j fury two absolute bangers lex and i both huge fans of hit i actually want to watch it again now me too so, like, oh I'm, like, I'm happy to watch it again right now um and oh. uh and so excited to d rediscover and discover everything here but man great. i would say if you're one of my boys i texted about hit when i watched it let this be a reminder to you to watch it <laughs> Because it's so good. Mitch, Cam. Mitch and Cam, you got to watch this movie. Please. You're watching or listening. Watch this movie so we can all oh, yeah, talk yeah, yeah. about it. Talk about Hit. Talk about Hit. I loved it. And literally two movies in here, two of the best things I've seen in the last couple of months. Uh, hit and Sheila Levine is dead and living in New York. Loved them. They could not be more different from each other as well. There's a lot of great genre hybridity exemplified in the work of Sidney J. Fury. An exciting filmmaker. Thank you, Imprint, again um, for your curation. Mm. Brother, thank you so much for talking My here. My pleasure, mate. Absolute pleasure. Um, and this has been another conversation about the discs 
of imprint films will catch you on more imprint companions or more blues brothers more other chats when mm -hmm. we dabble when we when we moonlight when we do, do a little Nibble moonlighting dabs. with other uh -huh. other companies we've other... got some cool stuff coming down the line from imprint and others as well yeah can't wait to catch you up on all that talk to you soon